Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attack those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said fight. You can't fight. He said withstand. You can't withstand. He said stand. What does it mean to stand? He said don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it as I said, and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. We're glad you're here. My name is David Baker. I'm your host and I have with me a um, sort of new friend. His name is Justin Daniel. Now we usually interview amazing pastors, missionaries that have done great works for God. Now we are interviewing a lowly college student. Yes, a lowly college student. So uh, uh, Justin is a roommate to uh, uh, a couple of my boys and they're in college and then a couple other guys from our church. And so uh, um, he's coming down this weekend for spring break. And so thought, hey, we'll have him uh, do an interview and talk. So uh, we'll see how it goes. So uh, Justin, nice to see you. Glad you're here. Welcome. It's, yeah, it's it's awesome to be here. It's uh, really is privilege watching all the podcasts and stuff like that so all right so are you a student at house Energy college currently yes so i am did you not shave no i did not wow shave. okay <laughs> if you're watching on video demerits okay demerits <laughs> make sure uh, i'm sure i think they're called points now but uh, yeah. anyway so uh you know we just we we've had a good time teasing laughing joking and uh at uh, church this morning justin taught Sunday school class and he taught on hinduism so we're going to talk about some of that um Justin grew up and his family's involved in that. But first, uh, tell me uh, where you're from and uh, how you got saved. So I am originally from a city called uh, Newark, New Jersey, which is the largest city in New Jersey. Um, It is not the capital, but it's known actually as the car theft capital of America. That's mainly what it's known for. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I grew up around there. I grew up on 6th Street. By the way, if you want to know how bad Newark is, I didn't tell you this yet, but um we were born in Ten- born in tennessee dad worked for dupont dupont sold mm-hmm. and my dad's getting transferred and so the place is getting transferred is to newark new jersey and my dad said i'm not going and he said look <laughs> mr baker you we only have to offer you one transfer he was management if you don't take this transfer then we don't have to give you a job at dupont he goes i don't care i'm not going i went there on a business trip and uh it's a horrible place i'm not moving my family to newark new jersey <laughs> 
And so my dad almost did not work for DuPont. They actually gave him wow. another transfer to Fort Madison, Iowa. But anytime through the years I've seen anything about Newark, New Jersey, then I've always remembered, wow, that's where I would have grown up if we moved. So, uh, and now I know how bad it was. After yeah. Meeting you. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, if anything, you could see that nothing good comes out of Newark right, right here. But uh, yeah, so Newark, New Jersey, that's where my family migrated to. My mom is from Trinidad and Guyana. I'm sorry, my dad is from Trinidad and Tobago. My mom is from Guyana. And uh, those are countries in the Caribbean. And so they moved over here. Most of my family are Hindu, practicing Hindus. My mom and dad are saved. My brother is saved. I'm saved. And uh, God just reached us. But uh, the way I got saved was, it's actually really interesting. My mom had went home to Guyana for one of our aunt's uh, funerals. Uh, she had passed away, unfortunately. And so my mom went there. So it was only me, my dad, and my brother. And we were there at home. And this random person comes knocking at our door. And in New Jersey, you don't knock on nobody's door. It's just, just like you, you either call them or you know they're a stranger. They knock on your door. So they rang the doorbell. They knocked on the door. And my dad went down to go meet them. And me and my brother are like looking out, peeking out. And uh, we see this lady talking to my dad. This lady's wearing a skirt and she has these big yellow things and a Bible in her hand. And we're just looking at this is like really, really weird. Like, who does dad have coming to the house? And so my dad came back in and he's like, boys, you never know who I just met. I was, we were like, what? So prior to this, my dad usually or used to work in a hospital and he used to wash all the sheets and all the bed sheets. And there was a lady who worked with him. Well, that same lady uh, I think 11, 12 years later, showed up at our doorstep, handed my dad a track, wow. an invitation to church. And that was the current church that we're part of, People's Baptist Church in uh, Clifton, New Jersey. And my dad came in. He's like, hey, Justin, Stephen, y'all want to go to church tomorrow? And we're like, church? And we always went to these the Hindu prayers, or we, we sometimes went to Catholic church even. And we were like, church? <laughs> Why do we want to go to church? Sunday is our day. But the next morning, my dad took us to church. I remember exactly what I was wearing. I, wearing, I was wearing a pair of uh, Skechers. I had blue jeans. My hair was all spiked up, like rock and roll spiky. And I wore a long sleeve flannel. And we went to church that day. And I remember I was walked in, greeted to junior church. And I met the junior church preacher, a really sweet guy. His name is Bill Abastias. He's still serving faithfully in our yeah. church. And he... After I loved it, singing songs and crazy sword drills. And I was like, new to all this. I was like, what in the world? And then afterwards, he took me in a corner uh, in our fellowship hall where the junior church was um, held. He led me to the Lord wow. right through that. And then after How that, were you? I believe I was 12 or 13 at the wow. time. So I was just transitioning in the youth department. They got me right before I came. And then after that, um, many people know Pastor Aaron McCullough, or he's a missionary now. I went to camp the following year uh, to junior camp, and he helped me receive the reassurance of my salvation. That awesome. Year, so. so you grew up as a good Hindu boy, living for you know, gods, doing right, um, <laughs> a holy little boy. Is that how you grew up? Well, no, not not necessarily. Mm. So my dad was a Hindu and part Catholic. That's what he used to do. Um, and Hinduism, it's all joined together, so they didn't really care, but he was doing all that stuff. and. I never really attained to a religion, if if you will. I never really cared for it. I can say that I I claimed whatever my dad was, but I didn't really right. I didn't really care for it, nor did I really know that there was a God or anything. Just I was a thirteen year old boy living life, playing on the block with my friends, didn't have a care in the world. So So did you get involved in addictions uh, and uh, things early? How did that go? So yes, yeah, so as an early kid 
in the in our culture in the West Indian culture it's very party orientated and uh, a lot of it has to do with smoking drinking dancing very loud music very very non non godly cultures very very wicked if you will and um, I saw my dad drinking as a young kid and God helped him throughout that but with me I remember my cousins giving me my first drink when I was eight years old and that spiraled out of control when I when I was growing up, they continued giving me drinks. And I can praise God for my parents because they had never, they didn't really know that all this was going on. But every weekend I'd have, you know, I'd, I'd wait the entire week just to get my hands on whatever my cousins would bring to the house. And it was just horrible. And then vaping too, all that nonsense came into it with all my cousins having vapes and allowing me to do it as a young kid from eight years old and on to until I graduated high school. My last drink was right before I came to Hiles with my cousins. We went out, and that was uh, that was just terrible. So that's how I lived my life as a teenager, and God pulled me out afterwards. So. Yeah, amazing. So, uh, what do you feel like God has for you? What's uh, what do you think the purpose for your life? Why did God put you here? So I believe God is calling me to start a church in Manhattan, New York City. Um, it's just something that's really been big to me. There's a lot of ungodliness going on there, and I believe God's really pushing me towards that area there's no really there's not a baptist church that i know of around there i know one in the bronx and then there used to be one in manhattan which is international church now it's a contemporary church but i believe god's leading me towards that area after college i hope to work for a church i'm not too sure what that is right now but i believe that's where the lord is leading us to start a church in the inner city in manhattan awesome and how far away do you live from there i live uh, a 10 minute uh, train ride outside of New York City. So a 10 minute train ride takes you straight into uh, where the New World Trade Center is currently. And so that's a pretty low populated area, not many people to reach, is that right? <laughs> no, actually, I think the city of New York City itself has almost 9 million people now. It's like 8 million, 900,000, something mm-hmm. like that. And very, very heavily populated, very diverse, uh, a lot of different ethnicities. There's uh, Indian, there's Dominican, Puerto Rican, there's Mexican and white and just cultural melting pot as yeah. we Americans would call it. And so believing that that's what God's called you to do. And yeah. so, um, so, uh, what year are you in school? I am a junior. I'm a junior now. So, uh, one more year, be graduating here. Yeah. And then to pray for what God wants. So, uh, all right. Any young ladies, um, there, I uh, think you probably need a wife. You're going to go pastor. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, well, um, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I am talking to somebody currently, and we're just seeing where it goes right now. Amen. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. So when I asked him to do uh, this interview podcast, um, sure, but he has no idea what I'm going to say. So uh, he's doing well. Um, when uh, we were driving down from um, from college, we got to ride together and talked a lot about a different life and background. And uh, with being saved, your family out of um, Hinduism, I was very interested in that. Um, teaching in Sunday school on a worldview and the different worldviews that are there. And uh, in that pantheist worldview, then you have underneath it Buddhism, Hinduism, Eastern mysticism, New Ageism. And so I was very curious about that. I had him teach Sunday school this morning. It was really, really good talking about Hinduism, uh, the background. And so we won't, of course, go into that whole lesson, but, um, but it is recorded if somebody would want it. But I would like to talk to you about witnessing to somebody that's Hindu. Um, Mark Bachman had written a book on how to win Muslims to Christ. I got that. Talked through that on a Wednesday night, and God has let me uh, run in to meet some Muslims and be able to win them to Christ. But I have not led a Hindu person to Christ, and 
I know the plan of salvation, the gospel, you use it anyway, but I wonder if there's some different things that you would use to be able to get them to open up or to get them to think according to their religion and culture to take off of that. So in uh, witnessing, I know God's let you lead uh, a few Hindu people to Christ. What would you do and for people that are listening, if they have a Hindu friend or someone that they'd like to reach or they're knocking on doors and they um, find out this was a Hindu person there, uh, what can they do? Uh, what would be a good approach to help them to be saved? Well, I usually take a lot of very more practical approaches. I know I have never really studied the Bhagavad Gita, so I don't really, which is the Hindu Bible. I don't really know what it talks about in regards of everything inside of the book. I do know specific things that have been mentioned. Um, what I mentioned this morning was uh, the, the Hindu people believe in a soul, right? They believe that we have a living soul and the soul is a part of us. Um, and that soul, something happens to it. And they believe in something called moksha. And moksha is basically their, their way of salvation. So salvation for them, they have to kind of, uh, they have to disattach to any worldly possessions or anything of this world, you know, re like really, really get away from it. That's why we see a lot of Hindu monks staying in very, uh, in solitude, not going out because they just have to be detached from everything. They also believe that they have to reach something called Dharma, which is just almost like spiritual enlightenment. It's like the good, it, it determines what happens in your future. It's the good that you do unto people. So and the karma is the bad that somebody does comes on to them. The, the dharma is the good that comes on them when they do something good. Right. Yes. So karma is basically if I do something bad to you, Brother Baker, I'll, I'll get something bad to myself. But if I'm doing good unto you, I, I'm getting good back. And that's mainly why when you meet a lot of Indian people, they're very, very, very friendly. They're very, you know, they'll always like very invite you in talk they're just very friendly people because they're always searching to gain more dharma to gain more favor or goodness yeah. to reach this salvation uh in their culture um the other part that i'm going to focus on is uh, reincarnation where this is where dharma and karma also come in because the good that you do to people is it leads you to reincarnate it as something good or the karma will lead you into being reincarnated in something bad so that being said is what you do determines what you're being reincarnated as. So you could be reincarnated as a fish or a cockroach or an insect, or you can be reincarnated as a prince, a rich man. You could be reincarnated as the king of, uh, of I don't know, Saudi Arabia or something. But that's what they mainly believe is that the, the more good that they do, the more Dharma they receive, then the better chance of them being reincarnated as something good. And that's what it is. It's all chance. You know, it's all an uncertainty. And so leading into salvation, I would usually try to explain to them, you know, we do have a soul, right? That's a common ground that we can use is we have a soul. We believe we have a soul. And then we have moksha, which is in a, a, a term of salvation. You know, you have your way of salvation. We have our way of salvation. But what I mainly focus on is the, the really the whole aspect of the uncertainty of things. We have, God gave us promises as Christians. We have the promise of heaven and we have the promise of hell, right? God could promise us heaven through Jesus Christ, or we have the promise that if we do not receive Jesus Christ, that we will be damned to hell one day. And that's the simple fact of it. Well, their, pro their promise is really a promise of holes. You know, it's uncertainty. If, if I do something good, then maybe I'll get to that point where I'll be reincarnated as something good. Or I have to always try to be doing something good. But as we know as Christians, we don't know when we're doing anything good, but we know 
when we sin all the time. And But that's why God sent our mediator, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins because he Amen. knew we needed that. And so what I tell what I tell people is use their reincarnation and the uncertainty against them. <laughs> so basically you explain to them how, okay, well, what is stopping you from being reincarnated as a roach or a fly or something terrible? What's stopping you? Well, I'm doing as good as I possibly can. Well, that means you're doing as good. You're not doing your the good. You're not doing the utmost best. You're not perfect. That means you're doing wrong in certain areas, and that will always fall short in when you want to become this good uh, uh, reincarnation. Whereas with Christianity, and I'll explain to them, with me, I have a promise that I can go to heaven and know for sure that I'm going to heaven when I die. Because God saw that it can't be me, Amen. but it has to be a mediator. And so through that, I explained to them, you have uncertainty, but I have promises. And that's always the biggest, that's always the biggest reassurance. If I say, Brother Baker, you know, maybe I'll wash your car tomorrow. Mm -hmm. That's uncertainty. You're hoping for me to do it, but you're never going to know if I do it. But then if, you, if I say, Brother Baker, I'm going to wash your car. You have my word. You have my promise. You know that, okay, tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon, Justin's going to go out and wash my car for me. It's the same thing. Thank you, by the way. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so tomorrow, or not tomorrow. So in reality, with Hinduism, is all uncertainty, holes of promises. They don't know what's going to happen eventually. They, they have nothing stopping them from becoming a fish in the ocean. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Whereas we have the certainty of heaven when we die. That's the beautiful part about our God and about Christianity is the certainty and God is God of promises. It's just popped in my head, but you know the Bible says in Titus one two, in hope of eternal life, God which cannot lie promised before the world began. So He promised that, and God mm -hmm. is a God of promises. He's a man of His word. He's character, and so when you're witnessing the Hindu people, obviously you have to get them lost, and then help them find the solution. And so I'd say. You know, play on the uncertainty. Tell them, hey, you have an uncertainty that you don't know what's going to happen. I can tell you how to have a certainty. Amen. So I really, that's... It's amazing, I'm too, how the plan of salvation works for everyone. Yeah. They have to get lost before they can get saved. So many things, too, with Islam, uh, when I was talking to uh, people that believe that, they believe in a work salvation, which I love the phrase, I think it's Moody, that said there's only two religions in the world, the do and the done. What are you trying to do to go to heaven? It may be the five pillars of Islam or the seven sacraments of Catholicism or the whatever um, things of Hinduism or or the Ten Commandments, or it is trusting what Jesus has already done. There's right. really only two. And so it's the same thing. A regular, quote, Christian background, but trusting in their works, have they done enough? Islam, their good and their bad is going to be judged. Have they done enough? Even Muhammad said he didn't know if he had done enough to go to heaven. <laughs> when I had led... Um, um, uh, people from Islam to Christ and said, wow, if the founder of the religion didn't know if he did enough to get to go to heaven, then how in the world can either of us have a chance to be able to know that we're going to go to heaven? And then the same thing there, reincarnation, okay, have they done enough to be able to be reincarnated because we're all sinners? Do you have bad thoughts? Have you done this? Have you done this? It's the same thing. Every person, no matter what religion it is, they have to understand their loss. They've all fallen short. But the only way then to heaven to know for sure is through Jesus Christ. Right. And uh, what a beautiful thing. So uh, another another big thing, if I might add really yes. quick, it's um, one of the biggest things that I forgot to mention is 
you know, obviously they believe in 33 or 330 million gods, 333 million gods, I believe. And obviously they believe that Jesus Christ and God the Father are gods within their, mm. within their religion. And we also have to start off on the foundation when you're witnessing to them, take them to uh, Exodus 20 and explain to them, you know, God is a God of, he's jealous. He's jealous. He cannot yeah. be a part of any Godhead. He is the God, the only God. And they need to understand that before in reality, you can talk to them about anything because they'll go on believing that Jesus died on the cross for their sins, but still believe in the other gods. No, it has yeah. to be grace through faith. It's only through Jesus Christ. And so that's been a big thing Amen. that I forgot to mention. No, and it, it is amazing too, when people say they don't believe the Bible, but it works whether they believe it or not, you know, to they believe in reincarnation, you're going to come back as something else. Um, but to be able to know and say, wait, what if that's not true? What if we don't come back as something? It is, the Bible says it's appointed a man once to die and after this, the judgment. So those people that think they're going to come back as something else, boy, could the devil use that as a trick and a tool to get us to believe you got another chance? You have another chance. What if you don't? What if this is it? You better make sure you're trusting only Jesus. So that is uh, that is super. Well, Justin, I appreciate you uh, coming on this podcast and letting us interview you. Excited about what you're doing, finishing college, yeah. finding the right one. Uh, as I tell all the young people, wait, it's wait. It's worth it to wait for the right one than to do it the wrong way. Because it's yeah. um, not salvation, the most important decision you'll ever make is who you marry. Yeah. Not even your surrender to preach or your call to Manhattan because if your wife is not willing, it's pretty hard to go start and pastor a church if your wife's not willing to come. So making sure you find the right one is great. And um, I can definitely see with your background and what you've uh, what you've come out of, how God could use you in a melting pot place like that to be able to have this background and this background and this background to be able to connect with so many people and help reach them. So that is super. So, um, all right. Um, any advice? By the way, neat thing this morning, they've said in school he taught. There was a young man there. And after hearing Justin teach, he said, you know, after hearing him teach, he goes, I think I need to go to Bible. I think God wants me to go to Bible college. And so uh, we're going to talk to him about that. So God's already used you in our church. But uh, um, uh, let me ask you this. And this is on a different side, but we talk about this kind of topic a lot. But um, you've obviously chosen to be an independent, fundamental Baptist. And so uh, um, as a young person, why are you choosing that? Why aren't you woke? Why aren't you going in all the modern um, new versions and new salvation and new standards and new music? And, and why are you as a how old are you? 20, uh, 21. 20. At 21 years old, why aren't you going off into the woke new Christianity or new fundamentalism? Why are you sticking with the old archaic standards and Bible and things like that? Well, it just, I've, I've had this question asked me by a lot of my bus kids and stuff. It's just so interesting how a lot of this, I just don't see God's hand in all the charismatic movements and all the contemporary nonsense, but I see God's hand always before and currently in independent fundamental Baptist churches. I, I was thinking this earlier, you know, coming to your church and just seeing nobody, nowhere to sit. People have nowhere to sit. And, you know, that's just like, man, God's working in here. People still want what they're teaching. So with with that being said, I think the reason why I haven't gone to that is because, I, one, the, they're starting to nullify and very de degrade the gospel. 
you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the most important thing and will always yeah. be the most important thing humankind has ever and will ever receive. And once you go beyond that, and once you start teaching another gospel, as the Bible says, it's just, you lose my taste. <laughs> you do. Mm. And and I love soul winning. Soul winning is one of my biggest desires. And when I, when I hear different ways that people are teaching to go to heaven, I'm just like, man, like you're the reason why people are dying and going to hell. Mm. Um, another big factor is I'm I am through and through I hate I do not like contemporary Christian music I cannot stand it and as a person who loved rap I was telling oh, yeah. um I was telling I think uh, Jeffrey uh, and um, Cedric Carson and Cameron you know I was a big guy on rap I loved rap Eminem Post Malone all these guys right I, and coming out of that and listening to good godly christian music and just just trying to find something good that doesn't lead me to the world my pastor always says contemporary christian music is like serving god's food on the devil's plate mm. and i believe that wholeheartedly that that music is turning people and making a gateway to people going back into the worldly lives yep. and the bible explains to us we are supposed to be separate sanctified we're supposed to be uh clean if you will and we're not supposed to be leading the people back to the world. We're supposed to be leading them to God. Amen. And our, and that kind of music can never, ever, ever bring somebody to God. They'll always lead somebody back to the music and back to the lifestyle they always live. Um, Amen. And very well said. And by the way, that's neat. For people out there who are listening, wondering, hey, do I need to go uh, woke and modern and contemporary to be able to reach the young people? Here you see a 21-year-old young man who came out of the world, deep into the world of alcohol um, and smoking and the world and uh, music and said, nope, I want what's right. I want what's godly. I want what's biblical. You do not have to change the standards to be able to reach people. Amen. It's the gospel and preaching and the word of God. And people see and they know that's real. That's what I want. Amen. So um, good. Well, thank you for that. Excited about what you have. Um, uh, he is roommates with three people from our church, so pray for him. Uh, uh, he is, uh, they have a lot of fun and uh, tease and joke and play and, and enjoying that time in college and training and what God has for him. And uh, be praying for him, Justin Daniel, and uh, going to um, finish college and then find the right wife and then go intern for a while at a place where he can learn and grow and get some more experience and then go plant the church in uh, New York City. What an exciting thing. So thanks again for coming. If you have a question for me or for Justin, or if you would like that um, Bible study this morning on Hinduism, I believe we got it recorded, you can email us at thefundamentalbaptistpodcast at gmail.com. Thefundamentalbaptistpodcast at gmail.com. God bless you and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at thefundamentalbaptistpodcast at gmail.com.